Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're going to talk FIFA World Cup and uh, the New Zealand Grand Final of the National League as well with former white keeper Jacob Spoonley. G'day, Jacob. How are you? I'm good, Ricardo, mate. How you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Uh, well, let's let's start uh, yesterday at Mount Smart. What a final. What a great day it was for a final. Five goals, red card, penalties, offsides. Uh, it had a bit of everything. Mate, it had absolutely everything. It was like uh, Auckland City and Wellington Olympic condensed nine months of qualifying for the National League and they played it out into 90 minutes. It started off with a bang. Wellington Olympic had their chances. I think they should have gone ahead and they'll probably rue those missed opportunities. But then Auckland City, I think they really brought to bear their experience uh, and their cool and calmness that was emanating out from the bench with Alberieri. He made a couple of little adjustments. And what they eventually did is pounced on some mistakes from Wellington Olympic and put themselves in pole position, uh, being 2-0 up. And then right at half time, we had a game-changing moment. And I've got to say, I've had it in the air from both sets of supporters should have been a red card to start off with. Doesn't don't know why Reed Drake was given a yellow card and then it had to be upgraded. And then from the other side, it was never a red card. Should have only been a yellow card. What were they doing upgrading it? But that's only where things seemed to start. In the second half, we got another three goals. We thought it was done and dusted. Three one, getting into stoppage time, and then Ben Mata slots a penalty away. And I feel like had. Auckland City gone into extra time, they wouldn't have survived. So they won it in the manner in which they needed to within the 90 minutes. And they can thank Ben Gillian and Angus Kilcolly for snatching that third goal late on. Yeah, I, I was looking at Angus Kilcolly that that third goal late on. I was like, why are you not squaring this? Why are you not squaring this? And then he absolutely <laughs> tore it straight past Scott Bassley. I was like, no, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. yeah. On yeah, on the um, the red card, I mean, because the referee and the linesman originally gave it as a yellow, and I thought that there was probably, there were two centre defenders sort of just pretty much even with the play uh, who were who were sort of in the middle of the, in the middle of the field, and I thought, you know, given that there's probably another two or three strides the strike has to take to get a shot away, that they would have closed it down or come close to closing it down. I, I don't see how the fourth official, with the angle that he's on, can come in there and and, and make that decision because uh, he's not VAR. No, no, and look, the this is the first game that there's been a big screen that was showing replays to the crowd, so um, that could have influenced things. We um, hope. It didn't, but you're right. There was a committee decision, and to paint the picture for you, Reed Drake, filling in at left back, he stepped on Jack Henry Sinclair. And the play at that point, although it's wide, is starting to cut in towards goal. And I think the thing that really provided the basis for the yellow card to be upgraded to a red for Reed Drake was Sam Brotherton. He, I think, had stepped on into Yanni Bazookas thinking that Sinclair might play it square, but instead tried to beat Reed Drake. And as he's done that, he's allowed a channel 
probably aiming towards that near post, but definitely there's a, a line which is unopposed in towards Connor Tracy's goal. And Adam Mitchell actually backed off. So the, the shape from City was really poor at that point. And I think that played into the relitigation of the yellow card and then the overturning of it. I can see both sides of the argument. I'm not being political. That's just my genuine feeling. I, I can understand why Auckland City are aggrieved. We're aggrieved that it was upgraded from a yellow having been given as a yellow initially. And then Wellington Olympic, I think they also had a case. So one of those ones that could have gone either way, regardless, gave us uh, the core ingredient to a fascinating second half. Yeah, and I, I don't think enough can be made of um, what was a great final and both teams contributed to that. But Auckland City in particular... 43 games this season, and they have, which is as many as you play in a professional league in Europe, right? And they've won the Northern Premier League, they've won the National League, they've won the Chatham Cup, and they've won the Oceania Champions League. That is some achievement. It is, and it's all why you consider that this league is amateur. So there's been limitations placed upon the league um, by New Zealand football, uh, and um, remuneration is limited to reimbursement. So when you consider that they've been going for nine months, They've held down day jobs. They haven't been able to go out and um, uh, be employed through like the traditional um, means for um, young men. So, like, say your your labouring jobs, your um, you're working at bars. Um, and Auckland City and Alberia have occupied them for four to five days per week. So that makes the achievement all the more uh, special. And I say achievement. In reality, it's achievement. Those are four separate competitions where. Teams have tried to knock off Auckland City and they have repelled them at every step along the way. So for Ivan Vuksic, for Al Berriera and for the players, this truly is a special year. Yeah, very much so, very much so. All right, mate, let's talk World Cup. We've, uh, we know uh, two of the quarterfinals now. Um, it seems that all the all the upsets we had in the group stages are gone and it's as you were. The Dutch beat the uh, uh, USA. The Argies got past the Aussies as well yesterday and today we saw France dispatch Poland pretty easily and England uh, do Senegal as well. Yeah, I think Australia um, gave uh, the favourites as much of a shock as any of the underdogs in the round of 16 so far. But you're right, today it very much was um, business as usual. England set up defensively very well uh, and then they were so controlled in the manner in which they dismantled Senegal. I think particularly in the middle of midfield, we saw some wonderful combination play. And I actually really like the alchemy of the side that Gareth Southgate put out there today. I know Jordan Henderson doesn't have many fans um, when he's playing in an England shirt. But for me, he really does provide that leadership, the intangibles as the Americans call them. Um, and the work rate and the athleticism that he does bring uh, to this England team, and alongside Rice and Bellingham, Rice who tends to sit deeper, and Bellingham who liked to play in underneath Kane today, uh, it seemed that Henderson was the conduit between those two and the balancing of those two. So I really like what I saw from him today, but then I think we saw England really hit another gear. Um, they never looked worried, they never looked in trouble, and it was almost a certainty that they were going to score multiple goals today. Once we saw them uh, play the game and start the game, before the game, I thought this was a big banana skin for them. Um, the Senegal team, a lot of confidence. They've got a great defensive structure, but they did rather implode today and gift England, particularly that second goal right before half time.
Yeah, I mean, it was interesting you say that because for that first 15, 20 minutes, England looked a bit nervous and Senegal, I think, had three shots on goal to none in the opening sort of uh, half of the first half. And I was like, hang on a minute here. But then it was that sucker punch and two goals uh, in the last sort of 10 minutes before half time that really sealed it. Um, it's interesting, too, the way that Gareth Southgate has changed Bellingham's role because, you know, you look at the England squad and you go, well, there's Foden, right, uh, there's Grealish, uh, there is Mason Mount. You've even got uh, James Madison as well. All of those guys can play the ten role. But what's ended up happening is he's freed up Jude Bellingham to play a sort of a, a ten slash eight role by putting Henderson in the midfield alongside Rice. Yeah, well, the, the players that you listed, mate, they they probably gravitate higher up the field, so they would start high and come underneath to uh, get on the ball. Whereas Bellingham, you see him start centrally and perhaps a bit deeper and then he springs forward and plays in great combination um, under Kane. So, well, the way in which Southgate wants to play the system, the likes of Mason Mount, James Madison, um, and even uh, Kai Gallagher, they will start higher and wider. They want to step on the toes of the defenders and then they'll have to come in underneath. Whereas Bellingham adds that different dynamic and I think that was a really smart play today because it was a very athletic um, England team that sprung forward very quickly from a deep defensive position. Um, and I think there's two elements to athleticism. One, they defended well and then got forward quickly. And secondly, they actually pressed very well and they were able to turn the ball over um, a number of times when Senegal were trying to transition from that deep third into the middle third. So I thought that was quite impressive today as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think they've they've looked pretty good uh, defensively, reasonably sound as well. Jordan Pickford did have to make a couple of pretty good saves so early, didn't he? He did, he did, and that's really where that banana skin type comment comes into play. Um, they did start a little bit shaky, um, but they did get up and get going very quickly, and that to me is a bit of a worry uh, for England um, that they got opened up by Senegal um, so early on. And when you look at what they're coming up against next, it's a very different proposition. And the French side do look like a team that has just been holding back a bit. They've been giving us fits and starts. I think it's going to be an absolutely wonderful quarterfinal that we are going to see. And there's going to be a lot of questions asked of this potential hamstring thing with the team, which is at the back. Mm, yeah, all right, mate. Uh, what chance do you give them against the French? I mean, Mbappe's second goal today, that's indefensible from defenders, goalkeepers, anything. He just pulled that out of his bag of tricks. Um, surely they go into this the favourites. I think they do, um, purely because they are the defending world champions. This looks like the type of tournament that they are so comfortable in. And England and Stones and Maguire, they don't look particularly settled at the moment, and I don't think they've really got an option on the bench to switch in for them. Uh, so it's going to be a game where I think Southgate switches to a back five to give himself uh, the defensive cover, defend in numbers, and then try and spring forward. So we could see elements of the game against Senegal replicated, but it's going to be a big question about how he seeks going about containing and defending this wonderful French team who does have huge amounts of depth, and can change games simply by bringing on new players. Um, they don't need to change the structures. They can get different uh, gears out of different players when they bring them on. So there's going to be a huge amount of nuance to this. There's going to be a chess game that's played even before the match starts. And then once we get onto the field, it's going to be fascinating to see uh, how they show and how Southgate set their teams up.
Mm, all right, mate. What about Argentina and the Netherlands? That one feels like it's going to be pretty tight. Um, I know the you mentioned the Aussies gave the Argies a real challenge, but it felt like the Argies were in second gear for a lot of that and maybe got a bit complacent once they went two up. Yeah, but we've seen that from Argentina throughout this tournament. Everyone's turning to Messi and saying, isn't he wonderful? He's doing these massive highlights and there's a bit of a swan song element going on. Argentina do switch off and they do drop a gear. If it's not going their way, they seem to get listless, a bit complacent. And against this Dutch team, you don't want to do that because the Dutch will allow them uh, the ball. They'll give them time and space. They'll defend very deep. So I think you'll see Argentina hold a lot of the ball, but then they will really spring forward. Van Gaal will be playing that back five system, which does leave Gakpo up top, and he will be um, aided uh, by the numbers getting forward. But it'll be the counter-attacking Dutch side that will hope to really get at an Argentina team that does get sucked into um, trying to open up a very strong defensive unit. And doesn't this just scream 1998, Ricardo? Mm. That wonderful game that we had in France, we could see a replay of it. Yeah, how good would that be? That Burkamp goal. Oh, superb. Superb. Um, all right, Jacob, we've got two games tomorrow morning. Japan-Croatia feels like it's going to be extremely tight. I've actually backed it to be uh, there's a there's a method of victory option at the TAB. I've gone either side to win on pins because I can't pick it. No, this is the closest game in the round of 16. Um, I think that Japan have been wonderful in the group stages, obviously upsetting Germany. Croatia as well. This isn't the strongest Croatian team that we've seen, but They do know how to manage their way through a tournament. They do know how to set themselves up so they are hard to break down. And then they do have special players that can take the most of the moments that do fall their way. So I I can't pick it either, Ricardo. I think this is going to be the closest game that we do see in the round of 16. And that's absolutely fascinating considering that we have seen some wonderful games so far. Yeah, indeed. And uh, finally, uh, Neymar looks like he's back for Brazil against South Korea tomorrow. That should be reasonably comfortable for Brazil, given the talent they have. Yeah, but, but, uh, but um, Portugal thought the same, Ricardo. And I think there's a lot of similarities between Brazil and Portugal. Both have got wonderful individual talent. And South Korea have almost had the best rehearsal for this round of 16, having knocked off Portugal in that last group game. Uh, yes, they had a elements of fortune, but they also really took their opportunities and they made it very difficult for the Portuguese, who it's got to be said, um, weren't simply relying on the fact that they had qualified um, out of the group. You could see there's an element of anxiety in the Portuguese at that point. They didn't want to have their confidence broken heading into the round of 16. And I think Brazil, um, they should do well to heed that warning from the Portuguese game. So I think a game South Korea going to look to drop deep, they'll look to defend um, and make it very difficult for Brazil to try to repel them for as long as possible. But they do know that they've got an outlet in Son up top and we have seen how wonderful he is and how we can hurt these so-called top-tier teams. Mm, yeah, looking forward to that. Tomorrow morning should be good. Uh, hey, mate, thanks very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. We'll, we'll let you go back to doing some actual work, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, mate. I appreciate it. <laughs> no worries, Jacob Speedley. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Enjoy the rest of the cup.